Just like that, the final hour is here of the Friday edition of Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. Over the next hour, we get you to the weekend. We get you to Labor Day weekend. We get you to the college football weekend. Chad, uh, coming up, we have your top 10 games for all of us to pay attention to, the games we should be watching across the slate. Uh, I'm assuming at least a couple of those could be tonight, potentially. One could it be It is tonight. a celebration, Hutton, that we'll have is coming this, up. And uh, I, yes, they could be. Okay. One of them could be tonight. And you're counting Monday Only as well? Only one of them. You're counting Monday as well? I am. Okay, good. Plenty to choose from there. At least I mm-hmm. think so. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also... The one college football weekend where I don't get pissed off that the marching bands are taking too much time on the field for halftime because I see everything for the first time again. And then I, it's very repetitive. You see it every halftime from then on out and they have to get their their time in. The only halftime to, to me, this is the, the all the halftime complaint. Very valid. You know, the halftimes in college take too long. long. Uh, I have been monitoring the no stopping the clock on first downs which is a new college football rule. That is getting it going a little bit faster. Yeah. Uh, not stopping on every first down, which is now a little bit more like the NFL with that. The marching band and long halftime kills you when you're at a game. That's yeah. where I noticed well, it. Well, you need if it I, at a game if, if you're can, in line. If I can pause, like if I'm watching a game, you know, if I'm watching my alma mater, Tennessee play, when it gets to halftime, I've got it recorded or I pause it and I can go to another game and then I don't care. Yeah, because I'm watching other games and I'll flip back and oh, it hadn't started yet. Okay, I'm going back to this other game and watching that. It, when you're there, Hutton, and we we've been to a number of games over the past few years with our Outkick the Tailgate show. And yes, we were at Tennessee, Alabama. Does it not feel like it, an eternity? It does. I mean, you can go to the bathroom, go to the concession, and come sit down and get back to your seat, and there's still like nine minutes left. You can in wait there. in line for a while, and you feel like you have to be you have to rush. You feel like you want to go up to the front and pay someone to buy whatever you want. And if you don't want to go stand in line. It's equally as awful to stand in line for something during the the halftime Uh, as it is to just sit in your seat and stare at a field for 25 minutes. Well, you're staring at the performance that you know is... I'm not even the watching the performance. Why. I'm trying to get a signal on my phone and I'm unsuccessfully. <laughs> That's the other right. Thing. I'm trying to get text through. You want to see not, scores? Trying to see scores. Not not doing that. And you're just staring at the field and the clock, hoping for the second half to start. Uh, the ACC has voted to expand by three. They now have 18 starting in 2024. Cal, Stanford, and SMU will be added to the ACC starting starting next season. Uh, just briefly, Chad, I, we touched on this, but. In terms of stability, I don't know why Cal and Stanford would take significantly less in media rights money over a duration of time and why SMU would go seven years without taking a media rights check. If you don't have some type of assurance that the ESPN is not going to let the ACC go away, like we just saw with the Pac-12. I don't know why you shift and take less when you could go independent for a couple of years and let the dust settle. You take it that I, I way think, or no? Yeah, I think it's weird. I also think there's something going on where there's going to be a reshuffling of the deck, and they all know it. With Florida State, Clemson, or no? Elsewhere. I think just everyone. There's not going to be conferences the way I've I've talked about. But but why would you and take seven wanna, to ten million then when you can just? They want to jump on board, so they're in the protected class. If so that it, makes sense. So it would be the ACC. Well, based if they on just the say we're going to take all the power conferences, right? You know, Pac-12 is no more. So now there's a power four. Mm-hmm. 
then I'm in the power You're in the four. four. So now I'm in whatever regional deal they work out or new conferences. You're in the four that have a heavy vote. Right. I, it, the game of musical chairs is going, and I found a seat. Yeah. So I'll take it on the front end and not make the media rights money, but yet I'm there when the future of college football inevitably happens, and they reshuffle everything, and now we're left with a home. That's my take. The other thing, too, on to why keep an eye on with SMU doing what they're doing, UConn. UConn's been mentioned a lot to the Big 12. The commissioner wants them there. But having seen what, e, uh, what SMU just did, when they didn't even, they weren't even brought up for a vote three weeks ago. Three weeks later, they're in. They flip NC State. I, if you want to be a part of the haves, there's a jump that must be made there. And SMU did it. They're, they're the big winners, not Cal or Stanford. Well, they're, they're a winner, but the ACC's not a winner either. I mean, well, just, just from public perception, no one is doing backflips over these three teams joining the conference. I mean, no. Danny Cannell, who's the biggest ACC homer on the planet, and he'll tell you that, is joking about, well, our SAT scores just got better. However, not sure about football, but we got a lot better it, SAT I'm scores. I'm not saying it's great, but the Pac-12 had a chance to add San Diego State if they wanted to. And they kind of laugh them out of the room. Well, I mean, come on. No, but, we, but, we all know the loser in this. But, but they, It's the one that no longer exists. Right, but they laugh. But I'm saying that at least the ACC added teams, yeah. added programs. No, they, they did. It may not be a victory, but it's not a loss. I don't hate it for the ACC. I just think it's a, meh, whatever. No one's going to get excited about those programs from a football standpoint or basketball standpoint. I mean, suddenly now, um, you know, Cal versus Boston College – we getting excited about that in basketball? No. I mean, think about some of these matchups. You know who's excited? ESPN. ESPN has more programming now. When Stanford that visits... That will be on ESPN++. Plus Plus. Plus. You when, call it the Plus. When Stanford visits uh, Clemson in hoops, <laughs> are we going to go nuts over that one? I mean, ACC Network's going to double their ratings. You know, 75 <laughs> people might watch that game. It's just not... All of that stuff, when you think about the other sports, is not going to get you excited. You're right, though. It's not an L. It's not a loss. Like the Pac-12 took. Yeah. Definitely a win for SMU. And I think for Cal and Stanford, it's just neutral survival. We live to fight another day. I think that from if the leadership. If you're them, that's what you're thinking. We're not overly pumped about it, but we live to fight another day. And if we can force the issue and get away from these conferences and move to a college football super pact, yeah. at some point, maybe we'll have a seat at the table. Chad, uh, no changes in, in terms of the pitch clock for Major League Baseball in the postseason. They've announced that. This is something we've talked about with Schilling and with Michael McHenry about the mechanics. The players, want players wanted more time going into the, the, the postseason. That's not going to happen here. Good. Uh, they're keeping it exactly as is. Good. And that's, I, that's great for yeah, the broadcast. Yeah, look, I, and also it's just not, it's not conducive to play 162 games with one set of rules and change them for the playoffs well, the players the play I don't think they're I don't think they're uh exaggerating this the breaks in between uh, mid any in between innings are longer like a briefly longer like 30 to 45 seconds and and I think they or or there's a duration of time that's different based on the broadcast and I think they were trying to factor that into the time they actually had to pitch it's like hey if the, you're taking more time during the inning here why can't we have more time in between pitches well I, I've got an easy and, response and to that back. if I'm Major League Baseball I'd say well we're taking the extra time for advertising they made the right call that help pay your salaries that are through the roof right now they exorbitant numbers 
and we're not going to then add more time on top, top of that and change the rules. It's a very simple answer to players who complain about this, that that's why we don't do it. I mean, I understand they don't want something overly punitive in a playoff game to decide a series because yeah. of a pitch clock violation. I get that, but you've played under these rules all year. So if you violate them in the playoff game, it's the same as you violate them in the regular season. I'm all, I'm all for Major League Baseball with this move. Chad, uh, Mike Evans, superstar in Tampa, heading into the uh, final season of the five-year contract that he signed back in 2018. Evans has been looking for a contract extension. And as of right now, the two sides, Tampa and Evans, they have not found that agreement. So Evans' agent released a statement saying his client is, is cutting off contract talks if no deal is reached by the day before the start of the Buccaneers season. So they've got another week here, but not for long. And by and large, this is when players cut off contract negotiations and talks right before the season. Things can go on behind the scenes between the GM and the agent, but it's not like we hear a ton of chatter about player X and team X. We know it's a final season and they get asked if they want to be back, but it's not on a weekly basis. Evans has been phenomenal. 1,000 yard seasons, extremely consistent. 10,000, nearly 11,000 receiving yards over 80 touchdowns for his career. Um, a bit different, though, with Baker Mayfield starting for Yeah, Tampa he's in Bay. a tough spot because he's going from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield, throwing him passes. That's not, not what you want well, to be in. And he's 30 years old this year. That's the other. He's on the other side of that and the investment that needs to be made. We've seen other teams choose not to invest in the older receivers because they can go get guys on their rookie contract. Evans is different. He is vastly underrated when we bring up top receivers in the NFL. You know, the, the Packers trade away Devontae Adams. We saw the same thing with Julio Jones yeah. in Atlanta. Andre Johnson towards the end of his career as well. Uh, the list continues. Evans is next up in terms of investment made. Uh, you can hit us up on social. Join us in the chat uh, with uh, Chad right now on YouTube. Uh, Green Bay and Miami were willing to pay Jonathan Taylor top dollar. At least that's the report uh, from Pro Football Talk. They were willing to make him among the highest paid running backs across the NFL. That means he would be somewhere in the range of 16 million, which is Christian McCaffrey. Henry's making 14. And if you look at Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs, they're making 11 to 12 million this season. That's probably my guess where Miami was willing to take it. The franchise tag slash the, the sweetening of the pot, Miami and Green Bay. But in this case, you also had to pay Indy and Indy held the cards. They turned down the trade options and Taylor remains on PUP. He's not injured. He can say his ankle still is sore or hurt, but he's, he's not hurt following that surgery back in January. And any chance now that they had of, of, which was a small chance to begin with, of repairing their relationship in Indy with Jonathan Taylor is out the window now. Because now not only is it, nah, I don't like what Jim Irsay said, I don't like him, you cost me this much money in a contract because you wouldn't take their offer. So you are messing with my money now on the other end because you wouldn't take whatever the trade offer was. Well within Indy's rights, by the way, if they're not yeah. offering enough, well that, within their rights. They deserve some return. For sure, yeah, and that, that's 
but it's not going to make Jonathan Taylor feel any better about the situation. He, he hates them even more now. Chad, it's, it's not hard to make Keith Olbermann look like an idiot on social. This guy, uh, man, it's sad to think about uh, our childhood of watching SportsCenter and yeah, Keith Olbermann was... And I love Olbermann watching Keith Olbermann and Dan, and Dan Patrick, Patrick on, on SportsCenter. Yeah. Anyway, you watch the replays. Well, who knew that the guy would just completely lose his mind? He's a loon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, he's, a loon. he's a loon. That's the best way to describe him. Uh, Riley Gaines took him down on social uh, where she was uh, touting uh, the governor in, in Nebraska, um, a famous uh, women's rights supporter, signing um, a women's bill of rights. And she retweeted this and said, defining woman equals ridiculous to the state senator, Megan Hunt. Remember that election time, Nebraskans. Well, Olbermann responds to that tweet, that post, and says to Riley, can you just address the reality and move past it? You sucked at swimming. That's why you lost. Of course, uh, she tied with Leah Thomas for the championship, um, and they sent the trophy home with Leah Thomas for the photo opportunity. Ridiculous. Uh, Sucked at swimming, and when she's... In the, the heat for the national championship against a man? Well, and are you just, uh, like, first off, huge L for Keith Olbermann, because I know Riley responded to this and others, and it's just, he's not even, uh, he's not followed up with anything. Um, I think maybe even no. Keith Olbermann knows he probably lost this one, and he's not going to respond with anything else. I don't think he ever realized But that. if you're just going through Twitter and finding people that you disagree with on, on X or on whatever platform you're on, and you just say ridiculous things to them that aren't true, Like th- this is what makes me mad about the current state of social media in particular, right? There are thousands of people who think Keith Olbermann owned Riley Gaines right there. Think about that. There are a lot of people who follow Keith Olbermann that agree with pretty much everything he say, says, that thinks, man, well, Keith, you tell her she's exploiting all of this for her own good and she's doing that and you just won. They don't even know the facts. Like, it's not even true. She didn't lose. She's a great swimmer. She's maybe the best in the history of the University of Kentucky. Yeah, uh, but no, the but, most decorated. But facts don't matter to Keith Olbermann and people that think that he won that argument with that one tweet. Since then, Riley and others have completely taken him down. He looks like a loon to most sane people. But I just hate the fact that I, I see that. I mean, if, if I ever get into a, a Twitter spat with someone, there will be people who like really dumb things said to me that aren't true. And I'm thinking, it doesn't matter what they say. If they don't like you, they're going to agree yeah. with something that's not factual about you. Yeah, your opinion matters as long person. as it's in, in the opinion of the person that's reading or really hearing I just really want to get back to everyone being a third-party arbiter of an argument and look at it through clear lenses and actually decide, okay, this person makes a better point or this person won this argument. Because Keith Olbermann's crazy. You sucked at swimming. She and there's nothing, that he, there's nothing that he said that's factual. And dominated in the pool. And the idea that she makes it all the way to the championship and she sucks at swimming just, is ridiculous. It, it, it makes no I mean, sense. It's, and it's, it's dumb false. even for him with but some it's just, dumb takes. It's fake, right? Like, no I mean, especially Keith Olbermann who wants to talk about, you know, people perpetuating lies and, and doing the, What are you doing? Well, you're saying something about a, a woman who is a good swimmer, the best in her school's history, that didn't lose. And, but 
you get my broader issue here is that someone read Keith Olbermann's thing. Not just someone. Let's not be naive. Probably, I don't know how many followers Keith Olbermann has, but thousands of people saw that and said, you tell him, Keith. Because they don't know about her history. You tell her, you're right, she's wrong. And I'm thinking, God, we're just so stupid as a human race right now. In America, we are so damn stupid. And that Keith Olbermann tweet is an example of it. And everyone who liked it, who thought he was actually in the right, it's just a, another example of stupidity. It's like arguing biological men in the pool with one of the more decorated swimmers in the women's sport. It's just And then tying that person. Stupid. And then Keith Olbermann saying that Riley sucked at swimming. And by the way, Riley won the argument. So there you go. That's a fact. That's objective. That is not subjective. Uh, also a fact. Chad's got the top 10 games of the college football weekend. You must watch. This That's is also objective. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Happy Labor Day weekend to you. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow here. Across YouTube, you can join us uh, in the chat live each day, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Chad is there uh, live with you currently, pounding away. It's been a good, good chat. Good chat so far today. A lot of argument? No, not a lot. It doesn't get... Um, Royce isn't it gets there. a little bit heated. But Royce is like a real like binge and purge type chatter. Yeah. Comes in with about 17 straight posts and then kind of disappears <laughs> after that. <laughs> he's like a bot, but real. But you know, he's very much real. He is real and he's spectacular. It is, uh, it's real that college football is in full swing uh, starting uh, tomorrow. Full slate, uh, wall to wall. Chad and I will both be at uh, games this weekend. I'm planning on going to Tuscaloosa. Nice check out Bama. to see your alma mater. Yeah, and I will see uh, an actual depth chart. I will see 11 players, believe it or not, start for Alabama, Chad. Well, it's amazing how they wouldn't put a depth chart out, or Nick Saban wouldn't, yet Chris Lowe magically, magically learned knows. The, the starting quarterback of the game. Is it that difficult, though, to figure out who it would be? I mean, I mean it, even, it shouldn't be, even right? Even Nick Saban said... The players know who's playing and who's starting, but I don't want them to publicly know. I don't want you to know because then people will talk about it. Very weird. Uh, That game will not be on Withrow's top games of the college football weekend, Alabama against Middle Tennessee. However, we will begin uh, the slate of games and the season of picks, this top 10, with my ACC champion, the Clemson Tigers. They're facing off against Duke Monday I believe this is a, yeah, it's a 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern kickoff on Labor Day Eve. Oh, no, this is on Labor Day Oh, night. Labor Day evening. Yeah, this is, the, this is the lone Monday night game. Um, let, let's get into it, shall we? Yes. My, my top 10 games of week one. I'll do this every week throughout the college football season. One of my favorite exercises of the week, probably because I don't physically exercise. This is a mental exercise that I enjoy. Give yourself more credit. Game number 10, a little, I walk. Uh, game number 10. Number nine, Clemson at Duke, 6 o'clock Central Time, ESPN, Monday night on Fox. I don't think that Duke can do it. All right, Hutton? I, I don't think they're ready. I, I love Riley Leonard. I think that we're very quick to try to bury Clemson. I think Clemson with Garrett Riley is going to be pretty darn good offensively. Kate Klubnick has the talent to get it done. They're way more talented than Duke. I, I don't think this game is all that close. That's why I have it as game number 10. But it is in prime time, the only game Monday night, Labor Day night, you can watch Clemson at Duke. I, I really want to side with the Blue Devils. 
But far too often, I find myself doubting Dabo recently over the last couple of years. A lot of it has to do, Chad, with his stance on the portal, with his stance on when you commit to us, if you take another visit, screw you, you're out. Yep. Um, I don't like that philosophy. It works. And this is more about a week one defense to me than it is about a week one quarterback in Leonard that everyone's harping on saying, you haven't seen him, but you need to. I've seen Klubnik, and I've seen good and bad. But I'll take what I've seen there paired with everything around him and what's returning. Uh, Talented wide receiving core. Of course, we know about Shipley in the backfield. And then the all-star defense. I'm taking Clemson. I'm just hesitant to say it's by 13 or more. The two touchdown spread that I think if if memory serves, I know this has been a blowout game in the past for Clemson over Duke. I just think if the quarterback Leonard is as good as he's stacked up to be, this should be a tight game in the third quarter. That's likely a backdoor cover if you take the points. I would take the points in the game. Clemson's winning this game, though. I'm with you. Game number nine, Colorado at TCU. TCU, a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. This is the big noon kickoff, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on Fox. I'll be completely transparent here. This is not going to be a close game. I think TCU is going to roll Colorado in this game. But the coach prime part of this makes it a must-watch. Everyone's going to tune in for at least a little bit of this. And if Colorado can play with TCU and be in this thing in the fourth quarter and have a chance to win. It is going to be epic drama for his first uh, uh, coaching game at Colorado. I'll be tuned in for that one. Colorado TCU game number nine. Game number eight. We're Chad, to move. just real quick on this. Yep. Uh, everyone's talking about prime. And, and fine, there's the hype. Just know that Sonny Dykes, um, it's a tough coach to go up against in year number one, game number one at Colorado. Plus, I mean, the other question would be the new quarterback for TCU with Duggan, uh, yeah. you know, and, and knowing what he's capable of. Remember when Max uh, Duggan just decided to just run it every time, much like Jeff Sims did last night in the Big 12 championship game a year ago, that he was just battered and bruised by the end of it, but he just took it on. I'm just going to run every time. How quickly we have forgotten about TCU in the mix of the national discussion. This is a bad, bad matchup in week one. Game number eight. Sunday morning, if you're in Central Time. Good. Noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, Northwestern at Rutgers. College and church. A six and a half. That's right. The old uh, church segment. You get out of church, you head home, you watch Northwestern, Rutgers. I'm interested in this um, mainly because of the Northwestern piece in all of this. Everything that went on with Pat Fitzgerald this offseason. How do they look? How have they recovered? Um, are they going to be able to get the job done or stay with Rutgers? And for Greg Schiano and Rutgers, not that they're going to be a factor, but are they going to be something that's mediocre in the Big Ten? they got to win a game like this going away, if so. So I'll be tuned into this one. This, this is on CBS, by the way. Think about this. It's rare that Rutgers has a game where they have something to lose, right? Normally, they're in the Northwestern spot. They're playing with nothing to lose. Here's Northwestern, though where Pat Fitzgerald is fired, what, six weeks ago? Yeah. Seven weeks ago? It's a six-and-a-half-point spread on the road for a team that won a, one game a year ago. A team with an interim coach that was a defensive coordinator at North Dakota State. Doesn't say a lot about a year Rutgers. Ago. Does not say a lot about Rutgers. Uh, this, is, this is screaming money line bet, is it not? 
for at, Northwestern yes. or Rutgers? At six and a half? Ugh, I don't know. I, I, I think this should be a double-digit spread it's based on what know, has gone it's on hard in a to month know, and a half. It's hard to know what Northwestern is right now. So we'll, we'll find out. A lot Sunday of Big morning. Ten scandals and headlines. We didn't mention Rutgers. This should be a double-digit spread, and it's not. It should be at least 10. At, le- at least I take away in, in that regard, uh, for, especially with the game at Rutgers. Game number seven. Let's get a little bit weird. Let's go early morning. Give me a reason. Big Ten Network action. Fresno State at Purdue. Ryan Walters, the new head coach at Purdue. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Jeff Brom out. Kind of a strangely quick coaching search for the replacement. They hire the young, I think he's 34, 35, Ryan Walters, defensive coordinator from Illinois. He's the new head man at Purdue. They get a tough test in the Fresno State program that's been tough for a while. Only a little bit more than a field goal favorite at home. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game, a, a, a great first test for Ryan Walters at Purdue. Purdue is a team that could be one of the worst in the Big Ten in Walters' first year. If you're looking for a money line upset of a group of five team over a power five team, I would mark this game as a possibility with Fresno State and Purdue. I'm, I'm surprised you have it higher than some of the games beneath here, especially Clemson-Duke. Yeah, and um, that's just my buy. I think yeah. Clemson's going to blow them out. Yeah, um, and, and, and I like what you said there, though. You're picking this game because you think this could be just It'll an be competitive. outright upset. Okay, I'm paying attention to this. Making a note. Louisville-Georgia Tech tonight. This is the one game on Friday night that's going to make the list. Uh, this game is in Atlanta. Louisville, a touchdown favorite. It's on. It's at 6.30 Central Time on ESPN. I think Jeff Brom is a terrific coach. He's back at his alma mater now. Um, Georgia Tech, you know, elevating Jeff their Collins. interim coach. Uh, Jeff Collins out, and now the interim coach in, uh, Brent Key. Brent Key, is, yeah. the, is the interim coach that got the job. I, I mean, it's not going to be a huge transition, you wouldn't think. But what do they look like? There's so many unknowns What's with two new head coaches. What's the crowd for this game? That's a good question. At Mercedes-Benz Dome. Like, well, do, does, does, uh, I was uh, doing a radio hit yesterday, and the host asked me, does Georgia Tech have fans? Right. I don't know. I mean, are Atlanta, you know, Georgia Tech fans in Atlanta going to fill up the, the stadium? They're at Mercedes, Mercedes-Benz State. I doubt it. So I don't no. know what the atmosphere looks like. But anyways, it's a Friday night game. It's the biggest one yeah. of the night. It's the ESPN game. Louisville, Jeff Brahms debut, taking on Georgia Tech. How, how, how far it's dropped, just, I mean, I'm not trying to knock this game because it's, it's worth tuning in for. Georgia, Oregon, Georgia Tech, Louisville, a different, a different marquee there, even though it was a boat race of a game a year ago in this spot. Different profile of programs, yeah. for sure, than yeah. this one. Different can't, crowd. Can't win them all in that Different Atlanta crowd. kickoff yeah, classic. Georgia crowd versus Georgia Tech crowd. Uh, I think this is the Aflac kickoff classic. For years, it was the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic in Atlanta. But I believe it's now the Aflac kickoff. Whatever it is, it's going to be Louisville, Georgia Tech. Number six. How about top five, Hutton? Let's hit it. Ready for this? Game number five. Sleeper game of the week for me. Texas San Antonio is a two-point favorite on the road at newly minted Big 12 program Houston in their first game. As a Big 12, Power 5, now Power 4 program, 6 p.m. on FS1. This is a game a year ago decided by three points. Houston had to hold on to win. Frank Harris, the quarterback at Texas San Antonio, 
Another guy who's on the outside, kind of looking in, maybe trying to mount a Heisman campaign. Who did we have on that was coaching him? He was the private coach, uh, a former That's NFL a player. I, I don't he remember. mentioned Frank Harris as his favorite college player. Well, he's in his seventh year at Texas San Antonio. Seven at one program. Has not moved around. Seventh year, COVID year, red shirt, medical red shirt. Seventh year at Texas San Antonio. Um, Houston's got a transfer quarterback in Donovan Smith from Texas Tech. Dana Holgerson's on a bit of the hot seat. This game on FS1, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, tomorrow night. I'm excited about this one. I think Texas San Antonio moving from Conference USA. They won that conference. Now it's the American Athletic Conference. They are the media pick to win They're very the good. AAC in year at one. Their, at their level, they are very good. And that's a good conference. It's their so, style of play. It's uh, familiarity with, the, uh, of course, the quarterback, with the system. Uh, Frank Harris has passed for nearly 60 touchdowns in the last two years yeah. combined. It's well, very, very uh, up and fast-paced. Uh, well, keep in mind, too, out. Tulane a year ago, AAC champion, beat USC in their bowl game. And UTSA, Texas San Antonio, moving up now to, to the AAC. And they're a team that's a favorite to win that conference. So very good team. Don't sleep on that game. Game number four, uh, for me, this is more of I want to see NBC's coverage of the Big Ten. And does it look just like a Notre Dame game? Or are they doing something different? West Virginia at Penn State. Two name programs. Penn State trying to show they can challenge in the Big Ten East. Seventh-ranked team in the country. They're a 20.5-point favorite in this one. This game is at 6.30 Central Time, 7.30 Eastern on ABC. West Virginia is a team that was 5-0 and a year ago when they rushed for 200 or more yards. They're going up against Penn State that did not give up many rushing yards a season ago. Strength versus Penn State's strength. I think this just speeds up the process of Neil Brown getting fired. But I'm going to watch it nonetheless. I'm excited to watch this game Saturday night, tomorrow night on NBC. Not much buzz about Penn State, Chad, this offseason. Which think may be a I, good thing. Yeah, and I think the overreaction off the weekend will be the Nittany Lions and how they handle West Virginia. Uh, new quarterback coming in and, and just the – this is the year that James Franklin needs to climb the ladder. Right, We said that a lot, but this is a chance to, to take a step up on the staircase. It's open. Schedule opens up a bit. Um, I think they handle this. And it's a, it's a large spread to begin with. What, 21, 20, 20 and a half? 20 and a half for I this like, one. I like Penn State at home. I think Penn State is, by the way, we can get to the top, the top three, three when, up. when we come back. But I, I think Penn State, Hutton, um, I, I, I think they could win the Big Ten this year. I really do. Uh, it's going to be tough against Michigan, Ohio State, but we get to start to see that on, on Saturday night. Win the Big game. Ten, and then they go into 2024 where they're doing away with the divisions, which yep. is very beneficial for Penn State because you're getting – is it Ohio State they get off the schedule or Michigan? They don't have to play them both every season. It's one or the other. Yep. Uh, coming up, we've got the top three games in Chad's list. Uh, I'm intrigued to see – where he has the game he's been touting for about a week and a half. I have which one is, of the games, Hutton, you've been touting. Okay. That's in the top three. Um, Chad's all over South Carolina, North Carolina. I don't know if it's going to be number one on this list. It may be, in fact, uh, because there's a lot at stake here. Spencer like Rattler. Outside the is box Rattler too. going to start the season the way he finished the season? If he does, 
That could also be an overreaction. What Carolina fans want is for him to go through the season the way he finished the season. We will also right give through, you start and finish the way you finished last three season. Three outright winners for underdogs in college football. All of that straight ahead. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Headed to the weekend, 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Chad's got his top 10 games of the college football weekend. Clemson, Duke, Colorado, and TCU. Rutgers hosting Northwestern. Purdue and Fresno. Georgia Tech and Louisville, a game tonight. Houston and uh, Texas San Antonio, the Roadrunners. And... Penn State, West Virginia is where we left off. Three remain. Chad, number three on your top ten games to pay attention to this weekend. Number three is a Jonathan Hutton favorite. Boise State, the Broncos, headed to Seattle to take on number ten, Washington. The Huskies, a two-touchdown favorite in this one. Game will be at 3.30 Eastern time, 2.30 Central on ABC. Boise State's got a great running game. You think passing a lot of times at Boise State. They are a run-first team. George Halani over 1,100 yards a year ago on the ground. Washington, though, stout against the run. Uh, here's something to keep in mind. When I, I picked Michael Penix Jr. earlier today for Heisman, Washington a year ago, number one in America with fewest tackles for loss given up, number one fewest sacks allowed. So they keep him upright, and that offense is designed to get rid of the ball quickly. I like Washington this game, but Hutton, I've got it number three for a reason. Yeah. I think it's a really good matchup. I, I think it's a fun game. That's why I've been on. Yeah. I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a race. It's a sprint um, to the finish line. I, all of the betting experts are heavy Washington, and it's a 14-point spread, right? Yep, 14. I, yeah, I see. I, if it's the sprint we think it will be up and down the field, this is one of the more entertaining games of the season, not just of the week. And if you believe what Boise's bringing back, and they're not going to be, they're not going to be intimidated by seventy thousand for the for the Washington fan base. I would take the points, even though I know Kelly told us earlier the dumb money is on Boise State, smart money is on Washington. Game, I, I, entertain me is what I what I want from this game. Entertain me, clown. Yes, that's what we want out of this game. Any of those West Coast games, we're normally saying just entertain me, clown. That's what we want. And, and Chad, Washington for you. You're heavy Washington in the Pac-12. I got Washington winning the Pac-12. I've got Penix Jr. winning the Heisman. So I uh, definitely need them to win this game. Game number two, maybe my nah, – it's, it's, I'm being true to the list. It's my second favorite of the week. We'll get to number one. North Carolina versus South Carolina in Charlotte. ESPN College game day will be on site for this one. North Carolina ranked 21st, two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. South Carolina a year ago, 27 turnovers. They've got to clean that up. They would have been much better. Last two games of the year, terrific against Tennessee and Clemson. Too many turnovers before that. Can North Carolina just make two to three big plays on defense? Generate a turnover. Get a big fourth down stop. Do something. A year ago, the Tar Heels defensively were atrocious. 111th in the country against the pass. Uh, one of the worst defenses in all of America, regardless of conference. So, if they can get something going, generate a few big plays. I think Drake May is the better quarterback yeah. than Spencer Rattler. I think North Carolina's offense is better than South Carolina's offense, especially considering some of the players who transferred out for Carolina. 
But Hutton, I, I, I just I got to see North Carolina's defense be improved to actually believe that they're going to be anything this year. But they don't need to be great. They just need to be okay. They need to make a few plays. That, that's what needs to happen in this game. South Carolina, they've got questions up front, questions with their run game, and just questions on the consistency of Spencer Rattler. Is he going to be the, the quarterback that we saw with the first six games of last season, give or take a game or two? Or the quarterback we saw over the final month where he's throwing 13 touchdowns on a stretch run where they looked very, very good. Trey Knox at tight end. And they also have uh, a returning receiver that had 70 catches last year. Um, I don't know about Dow Loggins calling plays. But what I do know is Rattler is very hot or cold. And I don't know if it has as much to do about North Carolina's defense as it is just Rattler on or is he off. Don't know. Don't know which guy we're getting. I do know that there's a lot of hype around him now. He's driving a $150,000 vehicle on campus. Time to show up. Because Drake May will. May will show up in this game. By the way, we saw South Carolina's old offensive coordinator last night in Nebraska, uh, Marcus Satterfield, who's the offensive coordinator now for the Huskers. Not, not a great performance, uh, 10 points in that game. Looked very frightened at times in the sideline. Uh, but he did have that nice trick play called that worked in that game. So new offensive coordinator being broken in for Carolina with, with hey, Dow Loggins. South- uh, it's going to be a fun environment. It's going to be one of those kind of split down the middle type games yeah. right when you see the stadium so i'm looking south forward to carolina's it. won like four of the last five in this matchup yeah they won the duke's mayo bowl in there the go. last matchup against them game number one hutton no big surprise Let's go. top 10 matchup lsu number five fsu number eight in orlando this game is on sunday night 7 30 eastern 6 30 central who holds up better up front to me that's the big question this game both have stout defensive lines even with Mason Smith out serving the suspension in this game from the NCAA, LSU is still terrific up front. Jared Verse, one of the best defensive linemen in America for Florida State. So who holds up better on the defensive line? Jordan Travis, Jaden Daniels in this game. Let's go. This is the matchup we've been talking about all offseason. It's going to decide a lot nationally. I'm ready for this one Sunday night. So... The offense last year for Florida State, top 20 offense. We did not see that offense show up against LSU a year ago. I think both groups show up offensively in this matchup. And I wouldn't, I love this game. I can't wait to watch it. I don't think I would have it number one, Chad, just because of this. I don't think it brings a heavy burden if you lose for either program. Hmm. Um, LSU, we saw what happened last year. They end up beating Bama. Um, they they lose to Tennessee. They still go and get into the SEC championship game. They're giving credit for that, and someone's trying to make the argument they should be in the playoff if they win. You know, you've got all of that as a two-loss team. Florida State, meanwhile, can still go and take care of uh, of business against Clemson, and they're at the top of the ACC. Uh, It will be used against them, but not the same way it would be used against Utah if they lost to Florida last night. Um, You can still make the argument that, either one of these teams is deserving at the end of the season on how things play out. I, I think it is, I mean, it's, a, it's certainly a, a, a chip on the record, but I don't think it, it matters in terms it also, of achieving the goal. The way it propels the, the team, right? Like that, well, to me, that it's, it's, it's less about what happens to the loser this game and more about well, that's, that's a, how huge it is 
to always go back and show this hey. win throughout the year for whoever wins this game. And think about what it means for the quarterback that wins, right? Travis or Daniels. Because that's the other name we'll begin to hear yep. as one of the top players in college football. I think this could be a game where neither quarterback shines, um, but because the defensive line is, is the talk for both teams. Right? I mean, there's going to be a winner in this game, but I, I could see it not being some crazy shootout with the quarterbacks putting up enormous numbers, but being a really good, I mean, football game that we'd see back in the mid to late 90s you know, kind of yeah. type game. It could also be a shootout. I could see that very well with, with these two quarterbacks. going to be fun either way, and uh, it's going to be awfully impactful for these two teams moving forward, especially whoever wins this game. Looking forward to it. Can't and, wait. Uh, That's my top 10. Chad, uh, love the top 10 games each week. And um, LSU, just scanning through the top 10, did you have trouble finding 10 games based on the slate? No. It's not all that impressive. No, but here's what happened. Usually I get to 13 or 14 and have to weed it down. Mm -hmm. This time I, I had 10 exactly. I didn't go to 11 or 12. When I just went through every game, I marked down 10 of note. So it was very easy to pick the 10. Then I had to order them. The order, once again, number 10, Clemson at Duke, number nine, Colorado at TCU, eight, Northwestern Rutgers, seven, Fresno State at Purdue, six, Louisville, Georgia Tech, neutral site in Atlanta tonight, number five, UTSA at Houston, four, West Virginia at Penn State, three, Boise State at Washington, two, North Carolina, South Carolina in Charlotte, and number one, LSU, Florida State, five versus eight, ABC, Sunday night. 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central. Football is here, and that's all I care about, all I'm concerned about. I'm excited for the weekend. Did we have any uh, spreads on this list where the wrong team is favored? It's time for uh, our, our weekly picks. I love this feature. We are taking outright an underdog every week to win in college football. Davey Hudson joins us for this as well. Uh, we need to come up with some uh, award or maybe a uh, punishment for the two losers of this at the end of the season you win outright you get the points uh slotted next to the team's name i uh just to tie everything in because i know no one's going with this game chad did you consider michigan state central michigan for your top 10 games of the oh, week oh i absolutely considered it hutton That's i one considered to watch. it one to i watch. considered all of kelly and vegas's games also after she laid out those three that I parlayed. I thought about all of them as well, but I did not pick any of those. So uh, I'll kick things off with where we left off with your top games. Uh, I'm taking Florida State and two and a half as the underdog. I'm just viewing this from which quarterback do I trust the most to shine uh, right out of the chute on the national stage. I'm taking Jordan Travis, and it's a revamped Florida State offense. There's some new faces there, some transfers, five-star in, uh, incoming. You've got a couple of four-stars as well. It'll look different, but it will look very much the same because of the quarterback. Jaden Daniels impressed the, it really impressed me a year ago. Um, I'm looking at Florida State to back up the talk in the ACC this offseason over the last couple of months from the top down, and it starts at quarterback uh, with Jordan Travis. I'm taking the two and a half Seminoles to win outright. Uh, I, I like that one. We are going to keep up with this too, Davey, right? The yes. point yes. total as we yep. go? Good. One good. of us has to win first. I like a good scoreboard. <laughs> yeah, love, we're all starting at zero. Love a scoreboard. We may be zero for a few weeks. Who knows? Although I don't think so after this one. South Carolina, North Carolina. Here's the difference in the game. South Carolina plays some defense. North Carolina <laughs> plays none. Drake May's the better quarterback than Spencer Rattler. I believe that. I think South Carolina plays just enough defense to win a wild shootout Saturday night in Charlotte. 
Give me the Gamecocks. Two and a half point, very small underdog. South Carolina, two and a half point underdog. I think they went outright against North Carolina. That is one where the wrong team is favored because the team that's favored doesn't play any defense. What does Shane Beamer say after the game when they win? Oh, it's going to be a lot of emotion. It's going to be a lot of, you know, uh, everybody doubted this this group. Yeah. All obviously talked about transfers. Talked about. I mean, it's going to be very chip Same, on the we shoulder were type. Slot back in line. No, oh, yeah, we are no, here. I'm here to tell you, South Carolina's not going anywhere. That's what I'm going to tell name. you. That's right. Oh, and the other thing, how many how many of you talk trash about the hire of Dow Loggins? How many? Yeah. Screw you guys. You know that I got Lou Holtz's signature right here. Talking about <laughs> Dow Loggins, uh, Lou Holtz, Bill Belichick. Have you heard uh, of him? He talked all about those him names. too. They're all going to be there. Davey, who do you have? Yeah, guys, uh, one of the great things about all three of our picks is each one is happening on a different night. My pick Good. actually happens tonight. Uh, Hutt, your, your game between LSU, Florida State, we know on Sunday, and then Chad, North Carolina, South Carolina tomorrow night. I am taking Hawaii plus three over Stanford. Hawaii, we saw them play last week against Vanderbilt. Kept it close. Yes, uh, ultimately, did. weren't able to get the win, but Hawaii has covered their last five straight games at home. Timmy Chang, I think he's going to be able to get – that win this year, uh, first win of this season. Stanford also no longer having David Shaw. They brought in Troy Taylor from Sacramento State. I don't really know what to expect there, but I think Stanford just being listed as a Power 5 program now they're in the ACC is what's giving them the edge in the betting markets here. And so give me the Rainbow Warriors to pull off the win. I like it. Are they, they looking ahead to USC next week? Yeah. <laughs> well, they've got the emotion, too, of all the wildfires and everything that took place. In Hawaii, coming back to the islands for that game. Let me say, though. I like that one a lot. Stanford, who could not find a home, had to take a pay cut to go to the ACC today. Uh, What a slap in the face on an already slap in the face offseason. I mean, Stanford is basically, uh, Davey's right, their group of five. To go and lose They don't really have a conference. They just kind of technically do right now. A, a, A team that last year in Hawaii, Vandy nearly put up 70 points on. But this year, if Hawaii doesn't throw a an interception into the end zone from the one foot line. That game's going to overtime. <laughs> it's tied, and they threw another interception on the final Watch drive to Davies go tie. Win this outright. I mean, well, we'll see. I needed a reason to stay up until midnight for kickoff. You have it now. There hey, it is. football is back. College fo- enjoy the college football weekend. We are back with you on Tuesday, recapping a slate of headlines that will. Be chock full of overreaction. They're going to blow your mind. Let's just say. The headlines will blow your mind on Monday. We'll also be going into week one of the NFL season. Can't wait, Hutton. We made it. Cheers. Here's to the weekend. A toast to Labor Day weekend. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern daily right here across the Outkick Network. Enjoy it.